The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back. CBS Sports, I own college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. It helps us out. And as you likely know, uh, by now we are dedicating short episodes of the Iron College Basketball Podcast to some of the top-tier prospects leading up to the 2022 NBA Draft that is scheduled for June 23rd. It'll be here before you know it. We've already done Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bencaro, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Ochai Abaji, Benedict Matherin, and now we turn our attention to Memphis Center, Jalen Duran. I have him going ninth overall in my latest mock draft. Dead leg, first question. And I ask this from an honest place. Come on. Start this with anything else. Okay. First question. Okay. Is, is Jalen Duran my best <laughs> one day Peach Jam evaluation in history? Oh, wow. Well, there's a long, I, first of all, my sincere appreciation for starting this up in a little bit of a different way. There's a long list of one day Peach Jam evaluations that are attached to you, Gary Parrish, over the years. We had a lengthy episode last summer dedicated to Jalen Duran, who at that point, just less than a year ago, he was on the Peach Jam circuit, had not reclassified at that point, although it was heavily rumored he was going to do so, and in fact, he did. Um, I'd say you pretty much nailed it, I think, with where we are now. You pretty much nailed it, because a year ago, 11 months ago, a lot of the buzz, if you will, was that Jalen Dern was the best player in his class and was the kind of player that being number one, you would be in the mix to be a number one overall draft pick, but you insisted or at least heavily speculated last July saying insisted. Okay. That Jalen Duran did not look like a number one overall pick. You have seen previous number one overall picks come through the high school scene, let alone playing into college. And oftentimes those players are easily identifiable because they, they have factors to their game uh, and facets to how they play that make their appeal as a number one pick undeniable. And maybe even not even necessarily a surefire lock number one pick, but like, look at this guy play like clearly how could he fall below two or three in a given draft when he wants to go, provided he's not injured. You said Duran lacked those qualities. You were willing to go out on quite the limb with this, and lo and behold, here we are after his one-and-done season at Memphis, where he was a very good player. He has maintained his lottery status 
He has no shot at going in the top five. I've been trying to give you ranges based on personal opinion and kind of feedback from the NBA level. And I would say Jalen Duran's range is probably eight to 14. Won't go higher than eight. Won't go lower than 14. He will be picked in the lottery. And so lo and behold, here we are with a, with a mighty interesting prospect who's strengths and weaknesses and where he fits and what he'll actually be. We'll get into in a few minutes, but that's kind of a recap of, of where GP was with him and, and the road that's been traveled, you know, leading up to a week before the draft. He was actually a little better college player than I thought he would be in, in what was always going to be his one year of college basketball. But if I remember correctly, um, I bet my life. You did. Huh? I bet my life last July that he would never be into, under consideration to be the number one pick in the draft. I think you bet your life that he wouldn't be the pick. I don't know if you bet your life that he wouldn't be in consideration. I think you just I think you were relatively safe on that. You did yeah. bet your life. But but at the time he was literally ranked the num- as the number one player in his high school class and uh, you know uh, I just said I I don't see if you're going to be if you're the number one player in your class you should be somebody who someday will have a shot to be the number one pick in an NBA draft and I didn't think he would ever be that based on the position he plays and the way he he plays that position. Subsequent to that, I, I said I thought he'd have a I, – I thought he's more likely to be closer to the 10th pick than the first pick. And that's that's where we are uh, uh, right now. Like, that became – I mean, we laughed about it. The other thing, if we're being completely fair, the other thing I did say is that he didn't look like he was as tall as – um, he was listed, and by all accounts, he is legitimately six eleven. As we sit here today, he's been measured fifty thousand times at this point. By all accounts, he uh, no, yes, but no, uh, no combine measurements. So, but because I, I did check that, I wanted to be like, what did he measure at the comp? Nope, wasn't measured. But yes, he he is six eleven in shoes. But yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean he didn't grow since last July. I just, he is young. That's all. That's another reason why he's going to go in the lottery because of his how good he is, how developed he is, considering his age. He's still only 18 years old. He doesn't turn 19 till November. So um, I just didn't think that he would ever be an actual like number one pick type prospect. And even though he, like I said, I thought was was probably a little better than I thought he would be in his one year college. Um, here we are now, and he's probably you know, going to go way closer to 10 and perhaps outside of the top 10 than, than number one. He's a 6'11", 250-pound center, 7'5 wingspan. He averaged 12 points, 8.1 rebounds, 2.1 blocks in 25.3 minutes per game in his one season at Memphis. Shot 59.7% from the field. He's a great offensive rebounder. Good, maybe not great, but definitely good shot blocker, shot alter. Top shelf body. I mean, the body is... Mm-hmm ridiculous for an 18 year old um but as john hollinger wrote at the athletic you know this morning he is a one position player at the least valued position who will likely never be somebody who stretches the floor out to the three-point line um is somebody who can be described that way really worth the top 10 pick and really that that's more or less the point i was making a, a year ago like it became controversial like i was getting private messages from people like connected to Jalen Duran, like that took great offense to what I said. It's not like I said, he's a bomb. He'll never make it to the NBA. I was like, he would probably be picked closer to 10 than one. Um, like it was part of Jalen Duran's, our podcast was part of Jalen Duran's college announcement as, yeah. as, as they were using audio um, to, you know, to, to highlight his, his haters 
but I was never a hater. I just wasn't a believer that he was actually the best player in, in his high school class or a candidate to be the number one player uh, in a draft. And, and so that's the question. I'll turn that around on you because I have him going. I have him going ninth. I have him in the top 10. But is somebody who can be described the way John Hollinger described him this morning? which is a one-position player at the least-valued position who will likely never be somebody who stretches the floor out to the three-point line. Is that guy really worth a top-10 pick? It's a fair question. Uh, he's borderline worth a top-15 pick. Now, it, the reason why, again, need to emphasize, is still 18 and one of the most physically developed players in this class considering where he is overall. Age-wise, that's a major selling point there. Undeniable strength, but... And Jalen Dern's not going to be you know, the player that is the, that's the final say and verdict on where the NBA is and is going and who, who can be drafted, who should be drafted high, but there's the potential. He gets picked somewhere here. And then we look up in three or four years and he's, you know, he's just, he's just in the NBA, but he doesn't have much of a role. He's playing spot minutes because, you know, he doesn't step. He took one three point shot this season. You know, he's not expected to be someone that will, be asked to or will grow his game on that level and develop into a long-range shooter. Anyone can do it, I guess. There have been some, you know, uh, look at, you know, Brooke Lopez. Well, that's, a great, that's a great example of somebody who just saw the game change and said, I've, I've got to change with it, and he did. And there was a certain point in Lopez's career where, you know, you never thought of him to be that kind of player remotely whatsoever, not at all, and then... Lo and behold, you know, when you're a pro, you're in the gym, you're around, you know, coaches, trainers, players. If you want to get better, you really, really, really want to do it. Uh, a lot of people believe if you've got the goods to be like a consistent NBA player, if you're not really going to be in jeopardy of, of getting out of the league, then you, you're capable of doing a lot in terms of reshaping your game. So maybe we will look and Jalen Durham will have done that, but he does not project that to this point. And so it does make me a little curious as to why he is viewed to be going that high when you laid out what Hollinger just said. Um, also, be you know, the lack of variety in his bag when it comes to scoring, I think, is a, is a major and obvious drawback. You know, yes, he will be a good defensive force. That wingspan is also a major reason why he is going to be taking the lottery. 7-5. Viable, no doubt about it. But he's not... And he's a good athlete, but he's not, you know, he's he's got a good body, good athlete, but he is not like, oh, my God, knock you out of your seat, athlete. You know, he's good. He is a monster rebounder, right? Very good at defending for his size on the interior. Pretty good in space overall. Big time strength. Really good lob player. Has quality hands, like above average hands. No doubt about it. Two scouts did go back to the BAM comparison in this regard saying you hear Jalen Duran and the comp, the comp that comes up among recent NBA picks is Bam Adebayo, but that is his ceiling, and he needs to undeniably prove that he can defend at a much higher level and consistent level to even reach that. But if he's going to be a Bam-level player, well, look at where Bam was taken. He was a lottery-level guy, you know, and he was actually also previously a guy in the mix to be the number one player in his class. But... I also, I also keep in mind that he did reclassify and did change his clock, go to college a year ahead of time. And he is, he had a really good one and done season. 
you know, and you, as you said, he was better in college than you thought he would be. He was a very, very good player for Memphis. Without him on the roster, Memphis doesn't make the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Amani Bates was all over the map, uh, didn't play for much of the season. And Duran, along with some others, but Duran was a significant factor uh, to all of that. But I look around at other guys. Like, these are guys, we're going to do a best of the rest, some of our favorite guys in the draft that uh, we won't do standalone episodes on. That'll be for next week, along with a mock draft, and guys that we aren't going to devote an entire episode to that that I like more than Duran. that aren't even necessarily, like, top 10, but, like, I would maybe take a chance on Patrick Baldwin Jr., who I will have a feature on on Friday, June 17th. I like Jalen Williams of Santa Clara, Jeremy Sohan for sure, although he might be he might be top 10. You could talk me into having Walker Kessler having the better NBA career than Jalen Duran because Walker Kessler, and we did a thing on this with the dribble handoff this week, we tried to pick a player projected outside of Kyle Boone's mock draft lottery who we thought had the best chance at being an all-star. And to me, Walker Kessler is a clear-cut NBA size, athleticism, defensive prowess, could be a top 10 defender in the in the league. And also, by the way, has developed good touch, really good passing instincts. And I could see Walker Kessler growing into a long-term starter at the NBA level. Not that Dern can't or won't, but there are just other players around him where I just, I have more speculation around Duran than any other player that we've talked about on any, you know, prospect episode to this point. He can certainly have success, but I know we bring this up a lot in these shows. and I think it's important to bring it up because we get into these players. We talk so much about why we're excited about them. That's viable. You get to a point where you go top 10 in the NBA draft, you have earned it, right? There's a lot of reasons why not everyone will hit. If Duran doesn't hit, if we look up in seven years and he's just a, a, a guy or whatever, and it's like, man, remember Duran's skill set when he came out? That didn't translate at all. It won't surprise me if that winds up being the case. In fact, I would be more surprised, frankly, if he grows into an NBA All-Star. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right, because, you know, we've established he's not a, he doesn't, he's certainly not at this point a stretch the floor big, and he doesn't project as a stretch the floor big. It doesn't mean he can't get there. It's just, I I wouldn't bet on that. Um, And then defensively, because he's so physically imposing, you know, just, you know, incredible body and is often described as athletic. I think sometimes people take um, those things and then and then twist it into. So like he's a modern big in the sense that he can guard in space. And, you know, if he gets put in a ball screen, he'll be fine. And, you know, maybe he's OK 
at yeah. guarding in space, but like I watched a bunch of clips last night where he's just getting cooked in space. And so he's better in in that regard than say Walker Kessler. Chet, he's not the rim protector yeah. Walker Kessler is or Chet Holmgren is or Mark Williams is, but he's better guarding in space than those guys are. But it's not like he's Jaron Jackson Jr. guarding in space or anybody of that caliber. Like that is still uh, – I don't think it's a strength. I mean, it, it, it's something he can do better than some of the other center prospects that are going to be taken in the first round. But I still wouldn't call it a strength the way it is a strength with, say, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um it is worth noting that he was pretty, I mean, really good at Memphis as a player. Now, take prospects, set it aside, just as a college basketball player. He was, he was really good at Memphis, despite not playing with a point guard. Like, if he had a, a, a high major average point guard on his roster, I, he'd average 16, 17, 18 points per game. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times he'd set a screen roll to the rim, and his point guard just didn't even look at him. I mean, it, it was just like the easiest lob dunk you've ever seen, especially against, you know, just physically overwhelmed bigs in the American Athletic Conference. It's just like, I, I can see it. You could see it. And his point guard just could not see it. Maddening. NBA point guards aren't going to miss that. So he's still going to be effective as a roller. He's going to be effective as a rim runner. Um, he can catch the ball in the elbow and, and play make a little bit out of that. He's not that comfortable too much further out than that, but he's a capable passer. Um, you know, the ball doesn't necessarily stop with him. The possession doesn't stop with him. He can pass out of doubles, fine cutters, all that stuff. Um, so, like, I, I believe in parts of his game, but the idea that he's a total package or anything close to that is, I think, overstated. And for whatever it's worth, when he did play against one of the other top tier center prospects in this draft, Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. he's three of 11 from the field, 7.7 rebounds, four fouls in just 19 minutes. It's just one game, small sample size, but it is something that happened. That game was uh, a great game. That was the second round of the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga wound up winning 82 78. And Memphis actually really, really pushed Gonzaga to the limit there. Um, that was that was the infamous Drew Timmy soft guys comment after the game. <laughs> uh, but Chet himself also did not play well in that game. Uh, for what and Chet wound up falling out of that game. And uh, that was just that was a, a a really really good game, but and a fascinating because going in, I remember when Memphis wound up beating Boise State in the first round. That was like all right, we get to see you know Chet versus Duran, you know, and that was something that certainly perked up a lot of. Uh, uh, people's anticipation, uh, college basketball fans, NBA scouts, NBA fans, all that kind of stuff. And then both those guys kind of wound up uh, prat falling just a little bit once they got to that, that level. Duran shot 60% from two-point range last season. I think GP noted that earlier. He's just a 62.5% foul shooter, and he got to the line a little more than 100 times last year. He is good at drawing contact, but that's another thing. And I think sometimes when scouts are evaluating players and you just get all these things that you that you that go into an evaluation and things that add up so sometimes small things can become big things you know if Jalen Duran was was uh quite adept at drawing fouls and could hit 
75% of his foul shots as opposed to 63%. That would even, you know, be even another thing that's in his corner. He doesn't, he doesn't have that yet. He doesn't have that, uh, that natural shooting touch yet. And that's something that I think is going to cost him a few draft spots overall, but it will be a team need. This is a team need pick. He's not, I, I cannot convince myself and I haven't heard feedback that would indicate that Jalen Duran's natural talent as a basketball player is going to lead a team to say, all things being equal, we're going to take, we're now going to take him. Um, it's going to be a team that either trades into a spot because they feel like they could use someone like him or will be a team that's sitting there waiting and maybe he falls a few and they say, all right, this is best player and team fit overall. Because again, uh, if you're bringing him in, you're going to be bringing him in for a very specific reason. And frankly, you're going to be bringing him in counter to a lot of the other guys that are going to be picked in this draft. It's very wing heavy. We've talked about that previously. There are going to be so many wings that go off the board here. Uh, you start with Shaden Sharp, Matherin, AJ Griffin, Jaden Ivey, Abaji will be in the mix there somewhere. Um, you know, Keegan Murray, obviously. Um Jalen Williams up and down the list. High tie Washington. You're just going to have all these. And then somewhere in that mix, someone's going to say, we'll zag, we'll zag, and we'll take Duran, see if we can develop him into something that's uh, that's pretty reliable there. But I don't know. His youth makes it very interesting. The fact that he still is this young and he is that well-developed, there's no, I mean, there's just no question. He is, he is certainly enticing in his own ways, but, uh, I, you know, I, I might see him just being like a, a really viable role player at the next level. And I think where he lands will wind up being pretty important. Yeah. Like our colleague at CBS Sports, Sam Quinn, um, tweeted earlier in the week. Like he, he you know, and this is, I don't necessarily ag- agree with this um, being a hard and fast rule. But what Sam tweeted is that he would never take a center in the top 10. Now, I would argue if Joel Embiid is the center then you should take him in the top 10, right? If it's such a unique uh, prospect like that, then you do it. And obviously, like, you know, Chet Holmgren is a center, and he's certainly going in the top 10. Um, But it has never been a worse time to be a center as an NBA draft prospect. Now, it's interesting because the MVP is a center, and the runner-up for MVP is a center. So the idea that centers are worthless, that's crazy. The, the, the guys who just finished first and second NBA MVP are You're both right, centers. Very different, different players. Yeah. Right. So the idea that centers are worthless, that's, you know, that doesn't uh, jibe with reality. But as prospects, they are devalued. And so I know you mentioned Durant's, you know, could go as high as eight. And I guess, although... The team picking eighth is New Orleans. There's just no scenario where I want Jalen Duren yeah. playing with Zion Williamson. That's absolutely true. They'd have to trade out of it. Right, yeah. I just don't want – there's just no way I'm picking Jalen Duren to be the five next to Zion as a four. Uh, like, I, I want a five that is nowhere near the rim um, playing with Zion. So, I don't think he goes in the top seven. I don't think he goes to New Orleans. So, now we're like San Antonio – I think San Antonio is probably as high as he can go at nine. And if he gets past them, you know, Oklahoma City at 12, Charlotte. That's the interesting one because Oklahoma City has two picks and do they wind up taking a chance there? You know, that's that might be the spot where he 
he might be able to get a not a bailout, but he might he might land there just because they've got they're going to have, and it also depends on who they wind up taking in that two spot, who who's sitting there and who they decide to go with. And then you've got Charlotte picking, I think thirteen and fifteen. They need a rim protector, but what happens if they prefer Mark Williams and he's on the board? Like it could get it could get a little dicey. I'd rather have Mark Williams than Jalen Duran. I don't even. I'm not going to say it's not close. To me, it's clear. Real quick, can we just get Nada? Nada, twenty second Charlotte input. Would you rather have Mark Williams or Jalen Duran playing for the Hornets next season? Jalen Duran, it's not close. That that not close. Virginia, yeah, the Virginia Tech game, the ACC title game, where Storm Murphy, who was NBA non NBA quality guard, ran around Mark Williams like a traffic cone, worries me. Wow, so, definitely Storm Murphy running around you like you're a traffic cone would be it's concerning. Not close. He wants Duran. All right, there you go. You might get I, your push. I think I would take Duran ahead of Mark Williams as well. Um, but because like I, I, to me, it's obvious what Mark Williams is and also very obvious what he will never be. It is not as obvious what Jalen Durham will never be. Like, I don't believe in him becoming this stretch the floor big who is awesome in space, but I'm not ruling. I'm not completely ruling these things out with Mark Williams. I, I think I can rule some things out about what he's not going to be. And so I like them both. But they're very specific players. And Mark Williams is probably more specific than Jalen Duran is. If I were ranking those center prospects, I would have Duran ahead of, of Williams. But I, I, I'll I don't know. I'll save my Mark Williams stuff for our best of the rest. Oh, I think Mark Williams is useful in uh, the he's, NBA. But he's, very speci- he's, he's a very specific thing. That, that will get played off the floor. Like, whoever drafts him, he might be your starting center for you know, 74 games some year, three years from now, he starts 74 games for you. You'll get into a playoff series. He will not be able to play for you. That will happen. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he's not worth being picked bottom. Mark Williams is your new Jalen Duran. (laughs) We start by revisiting. It's like every, every centimeter of, of his listed height. Mark Williams is a big dude, but we'll save it for the best of the rest. We'll save it for the best of the rest. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Huck, Larnell, thank you guys for listening. I own College Basketball Podcast. If uh, you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Nice reviews. Five stars. More of us than there are of them. And we will talk to you again really, really soon. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.